Oh my God, it's a hot pod today. It's a hot pod. Welcome to Hot Corn, boys. <laughs> Emery used to be addicted to this computer game called Hot Corns. Can I just say, uh, before you listen to this pod, put on some oven gloves because it's hot. Ladies and gentlemen, now the moment you've all been waiting for. Good morning, Vietnam! First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work. Okay. Can we talk about something other than Hollywood for a change? No, I don't go to the movies much. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. So what's your podcast about? Um, the movies. Emer used to be afraid of. Addicted to a, a, an internet game called Hot Corns. Do you remember these two those games that you could go on? They were like, or those websites. I feel like this is kind of a period of internet. Yeah. That's mini like clip. Yeah, like that kind mini of thing. Clip. And you could just go on and play like funny little games. Yeah. I was fun. obsessed with them. Yeah. They were games, a lot of them, the funny thing about these games was that they were different games, different scenarios, but a lot of times you were doing the exact same thing. And it was very clear that it was mm. the same sort of code, but with different graphics on top yeah. of it. Like you would have one where it's a car that sort of goes off a slope yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. to try and uh, Make it land keep it properly. in the air or land properly. Yeah, yeah. But then you would have one which was instead of a like a car, it was a skier. And the skier would go off the slope, but you were hitting the exact same buttons mm. and it was the same kind of, you know, uh, everything except it was just a different character. It was fun. I remember some of the skiing ones had like all the, like his limbs would be kind of all swing swung. Yeah. And then you had to make draw. sure they all kind of aligned in the right way. Yeah. There was the good one where you draw draw the uh, the slope for the skier. The skier sort of drops and you draw the slope for him. That one was quite good. It's a shame. <clears throat> Like, I understand, obviously, why, like, meme sites don't exist, you know? Mm. And, like, other websites. But, I mean, sometimes I wouldn't mind playing a funny little game. Yeah. So why don't the, why don't we have those anymore? Well, let's bring it back. Let's let's, let's start a petition, I think, is how you make, make let's change start a, in the world. Let's start a business. How do you make change in the world? Start a business. Start a business. That's exactly. Capitalism fixes all. Uh, um, <laughs> I was on the topic of capitalism. Yeah. It's kind of on-topic thing. So, I saw the trailer... For Penguin, have you, you seen this? You heard about yes. this? Um, the uh, the new Colin Farrell Penguin film. Yes. Okay. No, not film series. HBO series. HBO series. Is it not like part of me is like, yeah, that's cool. Like I like that character. I think it's good. Mm. But another part of me is like, can we not just have a character that's cool exist in a movie without having to fucking just fucking milk it for everything you possibly can yeah like can the penguin just exist as the penguin in that film yeah and you're like that was a cool performance i like that yeah because uh, you know sometimes characters are cool because because there's a bit of mystery to them and you don't know a lot about them and you're like oh that penguin character is cool but now they're just going to fucking milk it for all you've got yeah. now let's make it shit let's make it shit <laughs> you, did you think that was good let's make it shit <laughs> They did the same with feckin' Alien. But in the process, make a lot of money off it. Yeah, it's true. Do you think, we were both saying before this, I want to go see Super Mario. I think it'll be bad. But mm. I would like how it looks. I kind of would What like, does he sound like, Mario? Because they didn't, the, the funny thing about Super Mario, and I really want to see it. I think it actually might be quite good. Mm. I saw the trailer and I thought that, I was like, that actually looks like they've nailed the tone of it. But the thing was just uh, the voice. Like, he's not Italian. It's your man, Chris. Uh, Christopher Pratt, yeah. Chris Pratt is doing it. And, and. I don't know what he sounds like, but he's really just kind of like, hey, I'm Mario. I think I heard like someone, I think maybe I heard it in a review or something. Mm. But apparently at the start, there's a bit of a clip at the start where him and Luigi are doing like the the voices. And then yeah. it turns out that 
there on a set and they're actually recording an ad for their plumbing business and they make some joke being like, oh, we can drop the Italian accents now because we're not recording anymore or something like that. And then they just go into normal voice. That's insane. Yeah. It feels like a real slap in the face. Is it true that in Super Mario there's no reference to him being a plumber and there's no reference to him being Italian? Um... I don't know. He says Mario in an Italian way, and his like, name is Mario. He says, so. like, he's a me. Yeah. He so has, he, like, a, a, a guess what you... Yeah, he's got an Italian So why accent. do they not make him Italian? I don't know. Why is Chris Pratt doing the voice? I mean, the guy who actually voiced Mario is still alive. Why didn't they just get him to do it? You know? I mean, I guess they want to have... Uh, it, it would be Jared, Chris Pratt's like, name on it. Mario only ever speaks in, like, very short bursts of speech. Yes, I me. Do your... What's, what are the things Mario says? He says, uh, okie dokie. And he says, let's go. Yeah. And he says, uh, he sometimes say, uh, Benito Mussolini was not actually that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He says that too. Misunderstood the uh, leader of Italy. <laughs> Does he not say that? He, I don't, that could have been one of the GameCube ones. I never had those. Okay. But <laughs> those I, I feel like maybe having a full on Mario speaking in the game, in the way he speaks in the game, could, could be a bit fucking tough to, to get, sit through. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, but look at Puss and Boots, most, the most recent big uh, mm. uh, animation blockbuster. And that's done with Antonio Banderas hamming the accent up. Yeah, so fair. I mean, I have full faith that a that a, a sort of European accent can uh, can work as a um, as a full scene movie. So the, Super Mario, we should go see it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we were recording this, I said, "Do you know what I would really like to do is actually just go watch that film instead of recording a pod." <laughs> well, we haven't recorded a pod in a while, so we that's the level commitment to, we have. You know, get and we have as I said, a great pod today. Uh, we have the wonderful enigmatic interview with Kean Mulligan mm-hmm. a really uh, interesting person who we chatted to he's a film tiktoker he's a man who watches many 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 films he's watched uh, I don't know maybe 300 and upwards of 400 films this year alone he said what he watched seven 1700 films in 2022 yeah he did so he's a very impressive person we have an interview with him we're also going to be reviewing what are you going to review I'm going to review Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool mm-hmm. RRR was the other one yeah I will be reviewing um, the new Lewis Capaldi film, the documentary about Lewis Capaldi and his new album and his struggles with Tourette's. And I will also be reviewing John Wick, the new John Wick that came out in the cinema. Lewis Capaldi has Tourette's. We'll save it for later. But yes, he does have Tourette's. Whoa, yes. crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think we're going to get like a Luigi the movie, Peach the movie, Bowser the movie, Toad the movie. Who who is the most likely? I mean, Luigi. No, it'd be a Luigi TV series spinoff. Yeah, yeah. It'd be the Luigi TV series spinoff where it's it's always the second best guy, the co-star. Do you know what'll happen? It'll be Luigi, but he's living in a flat uh, while Mario's off going and like living the high life. Luigi's living in a flat with Robin. Batman's mm, Robin. Yeah, right? and it's the sidekick film. It's like Bert and Ernie. Yeah, it's Bert and Ernie. Oh, he's living there with Ernie. <laughs> and uh, and it's the three of them living together, and they fucking can't even get rent together. They're living in Chinatown, yeah. and uh, you know they, you know the, all those things are no longer popular. It's really tough. They didn't get yeah. a good deal. They they they're both plumbers. Yeah, they're both plumbers. And then fucking, and then do you know what happens? Uh, Mario calls up Luigi and says, "Listen, like we kind of in order to go in a new direction, uh, we're gonna recast you. Like we're gonna recast Luigi as as a woman. So you're <laughs> dropped." <laughs> 
Yeah, could happen. And then that's the kind of film. The <laughs> I think it's good podcast, like it's good for the structure of a podcast to bring up a topic, seamlessly move away from it, and then just just, just go straight back to it again. After <laughs> yeah. <you> just... <laughs> Um, yeah, we've got our production heads on today. Um, will we? Will we? Will we just crack into to a review then? Because we do have a, a stacked show. We got a stacked show, and so we will start with what I think is probably uh, the most interesting film that we're going to review, which is Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool. I want to hear about this. Yes, um, I watched it. I feel like I'm going to describe part of it, so we'll just play what I thought of it. So I just watched Possessor. Um, nope, <laughs> I just watched Infinity Pool. The new film by Brandon Cronenberg, who made the film Possessor, which I very much like. Also, son of David Cronenberg. Um, film's good. Uh, very good. Weird. Quite unpleasant. You know, the, one of those films where it's like, yeah, it's definitely a good movie. I liked it, but it's not like, I don't know. It's like got very interesting kind of sci-fi ideas. And you kind of, some crazy stuff happens. I don't know. When you say like good movie, you're thinking about like, Something that makes you feel good. Definitely doesn't make you feel good. It makes you feel bad. But uh, it was a good film. It's basically like the, it's like, it's actually funny because it's like on the same theme as like Triangle of Sadness and White Lotus, where it's these, this couple who go to this resort in this made up country and they can't leave the boundaries of the resort because it's supposed to be quite like a dangerous country, but the resort's really luxurious. And then um, they kind of meet this other couple who are also rich and then through i don't really want to give away any spoilers but through some like a series of unfortunate circumstances they uncover that the island has this kind of weird loophole where you can get away with crimes basically just by paying money and then through that they uncover um this weird sick hedonistic society of people who just go there and do sick shit and just pay their way off just so they can do sick shit all the time um and yeah they kind of get a bit wrapped up in that whole thing um it was yeah good is brandon cronenberg's very much taken the taking his dad's what taking his inspiration from his dad so it's all like lots of body horror really sick really graphic violent stuff happening there's also some real trippy stuff it's good like possibly not for everybody um if you're grossed out by like very physical disgusting violence uh then i'd leave it be um but it's uh i liked it yeah i assume when you say sick you don't mean like sick well kind of both i guess yeah the uh yeah that film was good yeah i uh like possessor as i kind of said at the start i actually watched possessor again mm-hmm. a couple of days after this and i think that film's like the best i love it so much so which one's possessed what happens in the possessor again uh basically like the these are like assassins can um can they put a little implant in your head like they okay. kidnap people put a little implant in their head yeah. and these assassins can like tune in and basically perform assassinations using the body using of someone body. else remotely yeah, yeah, so yeah. it looks okay. like someone else did it okay, okay um it's such a good film it's so cool but uh this, so when this came out, yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be so good!" I loved his last film so much, and it wasn't wasn't a, it wasn't as good, but it was mm. still really great. Yeah, and Mia Gosson, she's kind of a horror. She's become lady kind of like now. the bow of horror now, hasn't she? Yeah, Alexander Skarsgård is the main character. Okay, um, it's nice to see him <laughs> having some horrible things done to him. <laughs> uh, Which Skarsgård is he? There's so many. 
He's Skarsgård. the one from the the Northman or the Norseman. Okay, Alexander Skarsgård. He's also in Tarzan, the human live action Tarzan. There's so many Skarsgårds. Have we gone through the Skarsgårds on the pod before? I literally didn't know there's any other Skarsgårds. Okay, okay. Him, so, so we, we got a lot not. of Skarsgårds. Okay, so he's the one from the Northman, and uh, and Succession and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay, okay. he's he's B- Bebo. Yeah. He owns Bebo in Succession. Yeah, in, in Succession he plays that kind of tech guy, right? Yeah, yeah. The this other Skarsgård, obviously, the dad is Stellan Skarsgård, uh, who is you know he always plays the evil guy. Oh yeah, he's the professor in Goodwill Hunting. He's mm. uh, the baddie in the girl with the dragon tattoo. Mm. Then you have oh, do we have all the Skarsgårds? Oh, the Scar- there's so many Skars. There's four other kids. Skarsgård family. So Nepo baby situation. Well, no, because they're all. Uh, so this is Bill Skarsgård, who uh, who is in. Um, Oh, recent horror where the house is in uh, Detroit and it's haunted. That was cool. I love that yeah, movie. Barbarian. Barbarian. He's in Barbarian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he's also in uh, the film that I'm going to review later on. Uh, and he's the handsome Skarsgård, I think. I mean, they're all uh, handsome. Alexander Skarsgård is very handsome. Yeah. And then you're, you're looking at Gustav Skarsgård. Um, Gustav Skarsgård, I think... He, Are these people all related or do they just happen to have the same family. name? They're family. They're all the, the same family. And like Gustav Skarsgård. all male kind of family. From, uh, no, there's... Oh, there you go. There's me, Skarsgård, who is the ex-wife of Stellan Skarsgård, who is the mother, and she um, is in loads of stuff as well. There's Elia Skarsgård. There's lots of Skarsgård. I'm, I'm, so tiring, I'm tiring of this. Segment. And they're making new ones every second. Yeah, they're, they're constantly turning them and, in. To, and speaking of family, I suppose, uh, bring it back to the Cronenbergs, because that's who we're talking about. That's uh, that's what I was going to say. I find it funny when I find out people are ne- like people are always like, Nepo baby. I kind of hate when people say that phrase. Yeah. I'm kind of like, shut up, don't say Nepo baby. Yeah, it's because obviously friend. our dads were both famous podcasters. Exactly. So that's how we got this. <laughs> but uh, it's funny how like some people you see and you find out they're like, I don't know, fucking... The, the Smith family, you're like Will Smith's kids, you're like fucking Nebo babies, whatever. Yeah. And then I see like Brandon Cronenberg's making films and he's David Cronenberg's son and that clearly is a huge Lego for him. But I was like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> His mm. son makes movies. That's class. Yeah. yeah. It all just depends on if you like them. Like if I found out yeah. fucking, I don't know, Steely Dance, Donald Fagan's son started making tunes, I'd be like, that's class. I'm going to yeah. listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's funny. But, uh, but I would say that the sort of Nepo baby situation with, with, Brandon Cronenberg and uh, David Cronenberg is unlike any other in that he has very clearly like grown up, watched his dad's films and decided to continue almost like keep it in the family business and kind of continue that line of like body horror. I've never seen anyone who is whenever people like their famous dads or mums or parents or whatever. And like they're in the limelight. They don't try to do the exact same thing. Yeah. He was to go, that's what you did. Well, I'm going to do something else. But they're like, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to take up the mantle of this type of film. It, there's and something kind of, continue kind of it. yeah, there's something like cute about it or something. It is, I, kind of, yeah, I think I really it's like nice. It. Like so a lot of the special effects in the movies in this, it could be a David Cronenberg film. It's yeah. like, it's nearly like it's a family trade, you know? Yeah. It's like he's, he's taken over the business. He's like, now I'm going to be the one who churns out weird, violent sci-fi movies, <laughs> like kind of weird niche films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this film, good. I would say interest it's funny it was one of these ones where like i don't know you know when you're like watching a sci-fi movie and you know it's a sci like and mm. i was watching it and i knew nothing about it and then there's just one bit where they kind of the film's going on and then they there's just one thing happens the sci-fi element the sci-fi it, element yeah. someone just says something and then i was like oh here we go <laughs> <laughs> it was like an hour in and i was like okay yeah, now yeah, i yeah. see where we're going here it really suddenly drops it was, before it was science now it's fiction yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um but 
yeah it was good it like the whole okay. kind of weird like there's a lot of scary stuff as well in that like they do eventually go beyond the limits of the hotel where they're let go mm. and then the police are kind of really scary yeah and it's all kind of lawless out is there is it a comment on something is it is it like a lot of horror these horrors or those kind of films these days are kind of comments on things i think it's kind of just like it's i find it so funny how white lotus and triangle of sadness came yeah. out at the same time and then yeah. what was there was another one wasn't there another movie that i remember comparing to triangle of sadness um well, and i, I was like it's not as good triangle of sadness there's some commentary in Richard. yeah Bird. yeah oh was it the menu maybe or something because that was also well, the kind menu of is kind of a bad no we were comparing the menu to triangle of sadness maybe the menu was a bad version of triangle of sadness but then That's this what we were doing. this film also came out and i feel like the, the kind of them- thematically is quite similar in that like i feel like all of these things are just like rich people are not are bad yeah or like do bad things with yeah. without remorse yeah i mean is that are we tired of that narrative um i i, I certainly or is it good just to see rich people kind of getting it's kinda, up it, shit happen to them it's kind of i guess this also had a uh i guess there's elements of like they're they're outsiders to this um they're outsiders to this circle okay and then they they kind of partake in it a bit mm-hmm. and then there's this kind of a bit of like they still consider themselves separate from it and then after a okay. while it's like they have these have to kind of face themselves and be like, are we not just them now? Like we're rich too. Okay. Like, okay. You know, that whole kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. One comment I would say there's a Mia Goth is in it and her, she has a very high pitched voice mm. and there's a bit, it is supposed to be horrible in it, but there's a bit where she just like screams in a really annoying way at this man. But for, she says his name again and again. She go, yeah. Have is you seen Alan or something? Richard. I Richard. Think. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, have you seen it? How do you know? No, that? I've heard about this. She's like, Richard. Oh, you little baby, Richard. And it goes on for so long. And I was like, I know this is supposed to be bad, but I like, I find this so horrible to listen to. Like, I feel like I need to like leave the cinema. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. We'll play a clip of that now. Yeah. Uh, so Brandon Cronenberg uh, is quickly becoming a director you very much like. Yeah, hundred percent. That's yeah. good. Um, and Mia Goth as well. I really like Mia Goth. Yeah. Um, well, moving from Nepo Babies to someone who has made everything on his own, um, and that is John Wick. <laughs> uh, John Wick has done everything on his own. He didn't get. He became the best assassin uh, on his own. Mm-hmm. And he did it off his own back and he had no one helping him and no handouts. Yeah. Um, so I went to see uh, John Wick chapter four, which is uh, somewhere positioning it as the final chapter in the John Wick story. I've seen the first John Wick. I haven't seen two or three. But mm. From what I've heard, they get better with uh, time, you know, like they've gotten better and better, which is odd. But that seems to be having a lot of series. Mission Impossible gets better and better. Mm. Uh, and and John Wick, it, somehow it kind of learns the things about it that people like and focuses on those things more. Mm. And so the first John Wick, you know, he, he his wife has just died. He's turned his back on. He's like this deadly assassin and mm. uh, he uses a handgun and he's really good at just not dying. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he's kind of the, the this bad big baddie who everyone's terrified of because he can just kill anyone and he's this assassin mm. but he also has you know a heart and you're like oh he feels bad about killing but he kills so many people all that kind of stuff yeah yeah uh 
he's always driven by revenge. He, he drives, he's driven by revenge. So at the start of this film, uh, John Wick, has some, he's been shot, but somehow he's alive. What the fuck? He's alive. Wait, so um, in, in the previous film, he gets shot? In the previous shot. film, he was shot. Now he is alive. Okay. And he ends up killing someone uh, uh, at the very start of the film. And this, there's this, he works, he lives in the crime world. And there's this sort of uh, almost Illuminati-like table of people. They're called the table. And mm. they run the show in the crime world. And when the table turns against you, when you break the rules of the table, then you are done. You're dushed. Uh, mm-hmm. And he breaks the rules of the table. Everyone who he's friends with, or uh, they are in complicit with that. So they all, are all starting to get punished. And there's this young, uh, young marquee. He's a marquee, like a French marquee, oh, marquee. who is played by Bill Skarsgård, uh, played so. very well by Bill Skarsgård. And he uh, is sort of doing all these ter- terrible things to all these people that John Wick loves. And He's reaping havoc and he wants to get John Wick. He wants him to, to pay for what he's done. Hmm. Um, so that's the plot. John Wick, this guy has done bad things for John Wick. So John Wick wants to fucking kill him. Yeah. Um, there's loads of different characters and there's loads of shit going on. It's a big, big film. It's a huge uh, sort of action comic booky style film. Hmm. You're in Tokyo one second. You're in Paris the next second. You're in Whoa. New York the next second. It jet goes setting. all over the world. You're jet setting. There is so much action from the start. You've got samurai mm. swords. You've got guns. You've got fist fighting. You've got a blind guy who can who's somehow you know the best fighter in the whole thing. Uh, classic, There's so yeah. much stuff going on, and um, and like at the heart of it, John Wick just continues to just not die. And so many times things happen to him. And you're like, how is he not dead? They go to Berlin. They're in a kind of Bergheim nightclub. He's Sweet. shooting people. Uh, you know, in the midst of this and all the people are just partying and they're not flinching. That's what it's though. like, man. It's that, it's that kind of film, right? So you kind of got to suspend disbelief uh, to watch this film because if you go into it with kind of like, why is that? Ha-? You know, that kind of thing where you're like, that wouldn't yeah, happen. Yeah, that that's wouldn't stupid. happen. You, you have to kind of take a step back from that. And when you do take a step back, I think quite a fun film actually to watch. Do you find sometimes if the action's too relentless and nonstop, it's like, ugh, give me yeah, a break. I, I would say this film definitely gets to the point where he shoots so many people. I would love to see the number dial on how many people he shoots with his mm. handgun, but he shoots so many people just bang, 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 bang. And after, I don't know, the 500th or 600th time that he just has just like, you know, pinged a guy in the, yeah. in the temple with a, with a bullet, you are kind of like, all right, all right. I am a bit tired of this. Mm. I described it to Anna as, have you ever gone to a museum and you're looking at paintings yeah. and uh, like you see the first few paintings, you're like, oh my God, it's fucking unbelievable. And then you're in there for like, I don't know, like half an hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you've seen a load of them. You're like, oh. And you're just like looking at potentially, you know, one of the most beautiful paintings in the world. And you're just like, yeah, I actually don't care anymore. I couldn't give a and shit. I've yeah. had enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you definitely get to that point in this film where you're like, I've had enough. I, I, I want to, well, there's really good action sequences. There's a really good uh, bit at the Arc de Triomphe. Oh. You know, do you, you remember when we lived in Paris, cycling around that area with all the cars? We, oui. we, oui, c'est terrible, you know. Yeah, uh, and it's it's scary, and there's a lot of shit going on. Well, he, there's a really good action sequence there. Um, How, how's the action? Is it like is there a lot of CGI and like fast cuts and no, shit? No, that's or why it's it good. good. They're, they're, from what I've heard, there was like four different stunt teams. Um, what's really cool is Keanu Reeves is an incredible driver in his own right. Oh wow! So there's actually a lot of a lot of shots where you can tell. They don't, haven't had to do very much to it because it's very clear that it's just Keanu Reeves, like proper drifting. Sure. 
And uh, I did hear an interview with the director where he said Keanu Reeves is probably a better driver than a lot of stunt drivers. Wow. Uh, so there's a lot of really good stuff with him driving, doing cool stuff like that. That's um, cool. And like, yeah, it's action with real fighters and stuff like that. So it's 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 good. That's, uh, I feel like I watched John Wick 1. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it that much. Yeah, yeah. Four, you said it gets better each time. So could I just go in, stick on four, give it a watch? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say be your film to watch at home. I don't think it's going to do enough because it's 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 like nearly it's like two and a half hours long. Uh, It's long. It didn't feel that long, but it is long. I think if I were you, I'd stick it on at a party, or I'd stick it on and I'd watch the first half of it where they (laughs) have all the party man the Japanese scenes. And you'd be like, that's class. I really like that. Turn it off and I and call me and I'll tell you what happened. Just look up a scene on YouTube. Yeah, just watch, the, just read out the Wikipedia. What kind of party would that be? Like, let's say sort of like a wine and cheese. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, John Wick 4, it's an all right film. John um, Wick 4, what a bore. If you're looking, for, no, John Wick 4, more, more, more. John Wick 4, my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. That's good. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it, like, would you say more of the same? It's just more of the same. It's more of the same. Yeah. Well, well I'll tell you something that's not more of the same. And another mm-hmm. action-packed film that I watched recently. Mm-hmm. A film called RRR, um, which was recommended to me by a bunch of different people. I've probably spoken. I'll probably explain what it's like here. But, uh Yeah. This is what I thought of. So I just watched RRR, um, a new Indian film. Tollywood is what you call it. It's because it's Telugu language. I learned that. But um, <clears throat> uh, this film was kind of a hard sell. A few people told me it was good. It won an Oscar for best song. Um, but it's like it's about like Indian revolutionaries it's three hours and 10 minutes long it's in a different language i watched the trailer i was kind of like i don't know about this i don't know if this is good but i watched it finally and oh my god that film was so good <laughs> it was uh kind of hard to process like so it was so long and so much crazy shit happens in that movie like so much of it just doesn't make any sense well the plot is pretty clear, but like, there's just like no physics in it. People do insane stuff in the movie, <clears throat> and it's never like they're not like superheroes. But sometimes they'll just do things, and you're like, it's just so. It's like taking any American action film and the action scenes that happen in that, and just taking it to the absolute extreme in the stuff that people do, and like all the emotions and stuff. It's all so melodramatic, and like they create these really nearly like. I don't know, just such over-the-top dramatic emotional scenes in it. And it's just so crazy to watch. Um, there's also, like, a musical bit in it. There's, like, a dance scene. There's, like, crazy fight scenes. There's, like, it's just nuts. I've never seen anything like it. Maybe it be like, man, have I, have I like, just neglected this whole area of, of, of cinema like, and not tucked into any of these Indian films? Because I'll definitely be looking at more. It was so, so good. There's a bit of a lull in the middle. There's basically like, there's basically like a full movie at the start, like an hour and 40 minute movie. And then it kind of just like restarts. And then there was a lull then where I was like, ah, it's lost me now. The next hour and a half is going to be a fucking struggle. And maybe for five or 10 minutes, I was like, oh, Jesus. And then got me back. 
And then by the end, I was like, no, the lull, I actually liked the lull because I couldn't have maintained that level of fucking energy for three full hours. So it was welcomed. But um, you have to watch that. Everyone should watch that movie, man. It is so bloody good. Yeah, that, yeah, you got to watch that movie. Like that film was like, as I said, so, so nuts. With uh, the, 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 it's about the Indian Revolution. Yeah, well, it's about like it's during like, like I feel like I'm going to reveal some like lack of knowledge of history okay. here, but like it's during like colonial Indian British colonies in India, and there's okay. these guys who are like fighting. Okay, Indian revolutionary guys who are who are fighting against the British, and then nice. um, I like that. There's kind of this this story where there's this. One guy uh, who is like the ultimate warrior. He's nearly like a John Wick character, but he's like lives in a tribe. Like he lives in a tribe, and he's mm-hmm. he like does weird. Like he like catches tigers in the jungle and and does weird weird over the top stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's another guy who is is uh, he is Indian, but he works for the British government. Okay, okay, and okay. he wants to basically the the warrior guy wants to try and break into the te- into the British government thing to okay, rescue okay, this okay. girl. And then this British guy, he's trying to infiltrate these kind of what they think of as like terrorist groups who are trying to take down the British Empire and or like get, you know, get them out. Yeah. And then through, you know, a, a, a str- very <laughs> strange circumstances, these two men meet. Okay, and they don't know. One doesn't know the other guy's a, a policeman working for the British, and the other guy doesn't know that he's actually in, like okay. the head of the anti terrorist group. Yeah. And then they become like extremely over the top best friends forever. Like at Aww. one stage, at one stage, one of them is giving the other one a jockey back, and he looks up into his eyes and says, "We're going to be best friends forever." <laughs> like, and there's just these scenes of the two, like them, like literally, like frolicking around in fields and stuff like that. It's all so. So you're like the betrayal is going to come at some. Point. You're like they're best friends, but like the way it actually goes, like you imagine there'll come a point where, like, you know, you can kind of see how a story like that would yeah, go. But yeah, then yeah. It just. I've seen uh, because this film is on Netflix. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if you want to watch it, it's on Netflix. I've wanted to watch it because I've heard so many people say so much about it, and like it's an yeah. incredible film. Um, I've want I've like stuck it on, and then I've uh, and then I've turned it off because I'm like I just don't have the mental capacity this like Wednesday evening at nine o'clock to watch this. I don't have the time, but uh, I think I will watch this. Uh, because because of the talk we had with uh Kean Mulligan who will be interviewing yeah. later on the pod he's kind of given me he's inspired me to kind of just sit down and watch the just go thing. for it sit down and watch the thing and that's that's what I'm going to do with this film and I will say as I said this film's a hard sell and in the first 10 minutes there's a scene like the kind of opening scene is these British people go in to like this tribe and then they try and kidnap this girl from the tribe because she's really good at singing and they kind of want to keep her as a little pet oh God. and then um they uh obviously the people there don't want her to go mm-hmm. and then the guy says like loads of really racist stuff and then one of the guys in the army like bashes the woman's head in with a with a stick and i like it's really graphic and horrible and i was like oh my god i don't watch this and also in saying that the acting throughout all of this is extremely bad <laughs> um, <laughs> so i was like is it but it's, so i always wonder out with like bollywood is it it's it's bad acting or is it just that's the style of acting? I don't that know. Type it's, of film it's just so theatrical. They do that really theatrical, over the top kind of thing. But then when you watch like Kurosawa films, 
like they're also doing that kind of like crazy sort of yeah. acting where it's, we say crazy but is that just the type of acting that it is there and then this really understated uh sort of realist type of acting that we have in uh europe nowadays so boring is is it is it really boring and crap i don't know you know what i'd say is yeah like is that, it fun that, watching that yeah stuff? yeah yeah like at the start that's what i was kind of trying to say like at the start it starts like watching real racist stuff and like kind of violent not nice stuff and mm. the acting's really bad and stuff it's maybe not bad but it's different mm. you'd be very tempted to turn it off but don't okay stick with it okay uh, it okay. also has some so scenes it's a bit gruesome there's some gruesome stuff in it, like some gory stuff. If I a tiger, I can, I can see that from the Netflix yeah. trailer. But it kind of made me realize, like, I find it funny how... Um, a tiger would be easy. Sorry. No. <laughs> like, I've met people, you know, hipsters, like myself and, and, and other hipsters, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who, uh, you know, have been like, oh, I love these Japanese films. Oh, I love these Korean crime films. I love, no, the Taiwan film industry. I love, you know, these South American movies. I've never met anyone who's like, oh, I love Bollywood movies. Bollywood gets, has always been shitted on. It's always been shitted on from like, they're so, not being artistic. They're so good. It's no, it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> they always get crapped on for not being, um, artistic films. They're there, but you see, it's, it's a different approach to cinema because if you go to the cinema in, in India, the people sing along with the, like the audience sings along, people jump up and dance. There's so much singing. So it's, mm. it's a huge, it's the, much bigger than Hollywood. You yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's this giant industry. They pump out films. Uh, they're huge stars. Uh, it's a different approach to film because it's not based on like, you know, I guess there are some amazing, um, uh, like art house Indian films, mm-hmm. uh, like, but like these blockbusters, these what blockbusters we're talking about, that yeah. Were, yeah, they're, they're, um, they're viewed in a different way that we would view films, you know, kind of more in the way that you would view like a like a Marvel film, you know. But I mean, you, you, like you, you you meet people with so many obscure interests over the years of your life, especially if you go to Trinity College. Yeah. And um, and I just never met anyone who likes these things. And they have so many funny camp things. They break into song. Mm. They do these dance numbers and stuff. Yeah. And I guess to some people it'd be kind of naff, but like people like loads of naff stuff. Like so much manga is so cringe yeah. and naff. Yeah. And people love that. I'm like... Why is no one giving any love to the Bollywood movies? Yeah. I mean, I've only watched one <laughs> and yeah. now I'm like calling for, for I'm like, yeah. give them more time, but mm. I'll definitely be tucking in like uh, breaking out like these mm. fucking crazy fight scenes and stuff and yeah. breaking out into a full song and dance number just completely out of nowhere. I'm Why here for we watch that one that was set in Dublin? There's that, there's that, there's that. Uh, oh, it's called Eck the Tiger. Yeah. Let's watch that one. Th- there's one I really want to see. A, let's do a series on Bollywood. That, yeah. So I want to watch that for sure. And then I also, there's another one. That came out last year, and I think it's called The Fighter or something. It's got Mike Tyson in it. Oh, Mike Tyson! Yeah, there you go. Yeah, like okay. he's a, he plays like a ranch owner in this. Well, that indie ties movie. in because we're doing the the we're gonna go on a boxing. We're gonna do go yeah. Been true. invited to go to see the new George Foreman film, uh, the premiere of which we have been invited to go see. It's about the grill that you can use. It's about a grill. It's this really revolutionary way of cooking chicken. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, no, you're right. I think that's I remember when I studied film in college and asking about uh like what's the story with with bollywood like why do we never study any bollywood films mm. and um there is there's an indian filmmaker who you do study you tend to study and he's this guy from the 60s called something ray and he made this trilogy um and he's kind of ben- makes bengali kind of films and they're amazing but they're they're basically like in the strain of italian neorealism and mm, and, mm. and sort of like kurosawa and that kind of tradition and they're not representative of what people watch in India. Yeah, and that yeah, doesn't yeah. really get a look in. Yeah, um, well, I guess that we'll we'll kind of talk about this in the interview a bit later. But how it's funny how when you study film, 
you you don't study films that people actually watch. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do talk we do talk about that. Should we just run into the interview now? I feel like uh I feel like maybe we can keep the Lewis Capaldi film for another time because it's not the most pressing of films. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of what we're saying has been tying into the interview. Um I don't know, what do you think? You seem to want to, so let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, okay, I'll quickly talk about the Lewis Capaldi film. Okay, um, go hit me. But I feel like it's it's not I guess the whole thing I wanted to talk about with the Lewis Capaldi film was like, is this actually a film or is this like an hour and a half to two hour long advertisement for Lewis Capaldi's new album? Mm. Um, because I guess the new approach that uh, companies and industry people have taken is that all everything is content now, right? Mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm. is content and everything can be advertisements. Like everyone looked at what happened with Formula One. Formula One made that document docu series. Uh, called Drive to Survive for Netflix. Yeah, people and, loved that. And they lo people loved it. People got relationships with the drivers and Formula One broke America. And now yeah. it's the, you know, this huge sport that this massive audience of people that had no idea about Formula One, all these young people are now obsessed with it. And, mm. and that's kind of become the model for a lot of things. And now we see, you know, Ariana Grande is going to have a new album. They're going to make a, docu a documentary about ariana grande and then it'll her album the sales and so you know lewis capaldi is in a similar situation he's one of the biggest musicians in the world he's released yeah. the first album it was this super massive thing um he's up there with you know like the kind the kind of the harry styles and ed, ed sheeran and and sort of dermot kennedy he's those kind of mm -hmm. people he's huge and um and so you put dermot kennedy and harry styles beside each other yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I would. I mean, he he's that he's that idolized kind of thing, you know. <laughs> you Fair. wait. Dermot Kennedy follows me on Instagram, right? Does he? And I get messages all the time from people saying, "Hey, I see Dermot Kennedy follows you on Instagram. <laughs> Will you please?" I thought you were going to say I get messages all the time from Dermot. Just... No, I don't. No, <laughs> no. I get messages from his fans telling me to like message him and tell wow. him, tell and him to you, shout them out. At do their... you ever? No, I wouldn't. No, I mean, I'm chuffed enough that he follows me. I'm not going to ruin Christ. that relationship. Fair enough. Um, but anyway, Lewis Capaldi is, uh, is you know, he's toured his album all around the world. And he's now, it's pandemic. He's living at home with his parents and mm. um, in like a small town outside of either Glasgow or Edinburgh, one of the, one of the big cities, maybe in between those two. Mm. I'm not too sure. And it's just a small little village and he's like living in it. And he's kind of like, uh, never thought, never thought I'd be living here. Uh, like I thought I'd be living in all these different places, but this is where he feels comfortable. Very quickly, you realize mentally he's not like there. He's 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 having a tough time, mm. and he's developing this kind of like these twitches and stuff like that, and ticks. Um, that, yeah, that like later reveals to be uh, Tourette's. He has okay. Tourette's, and uh, and he's young. Like Lewis Crowley is like 24, 25 years old. He's a young mm. guy, mm. and so he's he's got this second album he has to make. He has. An insane amount of pressure. Like a lot of his friends work for him. They're part of the Lewis Capaldi team. You know, he has many people dependent. He has these big, you know, sort of dickhead uh, record producers from LA. He has these songwriters from London. He has, you know, there must be like a hundred people under his employee. Like he's, mm -mm. he's got a lot of pressures. He's a young guy and then he's developing this illness. And there's a really interesting opportunity there to make a film that is quite, and he's very charismatic and very funny as well. Mm -mm. That's quite interesting. And, and like, a documentary that that is about sort of fame and then like also you know mental health and uh and then like the pressures of fame and, mm -hmm, and all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff and like the changing how much it changes your life and i think they try to kind of do something like that but in the end the way the film kind of like ties itself up in the end is just so geared towards 
selling an album that oh it really God. just tarnishes the film uh, does it I like think. does it nearly kind of undermine any of the actual no because uh, i think lewis capaldi is is like so genuine and so funny like but he's like is so is, funny is he's, the movie produced by like sony <laughs> sony probably, music yeah i'd say so i'd, I'd say it's something like that you know it's not like you can shit on this a little bit but not too much yeah you know? right like it's not but like the, the there is some really like scenes where i'm like that is a scene from a really good documentary it's a shame we didn't see that you know like the scene where where he's got this tick and his dad he lives with his parents you know this is one of the biggest stars in the world and he lives yeah, yeah. in the house with his in a room with his parents and his mom does laundry and all that kind of stuff mm, mm. and uh and his dad's like can you not just stop doing that and he's like i can't not do it like it's a tick and his dad and this kind of like his dad not understanding what's going on yeah, you know, yeah. him his lack of understanding of that is causing you know lewis to be a bit more nervous which caused him to take more and these pressures that's going on and then you know his parents quite honestly saying like he's scared he's gonna let everyone all these like really deep stuff but then it just uh kind of descends into sort of like but he made the album and it's gonna be the greatest album of all time no, <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite like that but it's sort of i feel like leads you there and yeah. you're kind of like, ah, oh, Jesus. Is this going to be a thing now? Like, everyone's just making movies. I guess Metallica did that. Yeah, everyone. Well, like, I guess the rock documentaries are sort of a thing. But I think now now more than ever with the streaming platforms, they're able to just pump a film straight to us without having to go through the cinemas. So it's just I like, guess it's like, it's cool having like a rock documentary when it's looking back on like a, a big tour that happened or yeah. something like that. But when it's like about an album that's about to come out, it's kind of like, ah, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I haven't even listened to the thing. Why would yeah, I want to watch yeah, a documentary yeah, about yeah. it? Yeah. But I will say made me very much like Lewis Capaldi, even though I already like him, wouldn't be a fan of his music at all. At all. Yeah, no, I either. think it's actually astonishing how someone can be as funny and as interesting as him and make such incredibly bland music. Yeah, it's actually yeah, it's quite wild. like fascinating. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, and he could pump them out. He's like, he went to, oh, yeah, he's he goes to the songwriters, out. he's like, they're like, Lewis, you've written like 150 songs. And he's like, he's like, you know, that's all I've done, you know, but uh, they're all like these sad piano things that yeah, are just yeah, like yeah. look at the heart street. I do like that. It was as if you love and the dead dreams. I don't know that one. I was getting kind of used to being someone you love. No. One of the biggest songs. I don't really come in contact with these the the my little You've never been into Spar. I, no, I, I do go to Spar. Yeah, that's where you fucking hear that's that. That's where song. you hear that. The Spar the Spar and Rialto they don't play any music. They're just playing alarm twenty four seven. Um, that bloody sounds like some of the music you listen to anyway. Uh, <laughs> do you know my my granddad once said to me, um, that was a beautiful little piece of song by the way. My granddad once <laughs> asked me if I watched possibly Dermot Kennedy on the Late Late Show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. no, 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 that wouldn't really be for me. And he's like, what do you listen to? Just mad bashing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so good. <laughs> bashing stuff. Yeah, I guess. I love that. <laughs> um Anyway, he's not mad bashing stuff. He's 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 more on the Dermot Kennedy side of things. Um, but anyway, the uh, geez, you, said, Ke- you said you weren't going to talk about film. that, and you just didn't shut up. Anyway, let's go on. Lewis Capaldi film. I wouldn't watch it. Actually, no, I won't. It. Unless you like Lewis Capaldi, would watch it. If you do like him, watch it. Yeah. If you're not interested in it at all, you're not missing anything. It's not like was it all Kermode says like a documentary should be good in it in its own right, even for people who don't like the topic. And this doesn't meet that requirement. I guess no, it doesn't at all. No. Um. Anyway. You know, 
I think not only a documentary should be interesting in its own right, but an interview with a, 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 a young man doing his leaving search should be interesting in its own right. And that's what we have coming up right now. Yeah, we <laughs> interviewed. Uh, we're going to try to do this a little bit more. Uh, we're going to try find people that we find interesting and just have a chat with them. Not a very strict interview or whatever. And one person that we found very interesting was a guy called Keen Mulligan, who I came across on my For You page on TikTok. Oh, yeah. And I immediately sent him to Mark because Mark... I was just like, oh, you like this guy, but he just watches a lot of films. Like, like, yeah, you sent you sent to me it was like his his video of him talking about how he'd watch like seventeen hundred films in a year. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, like I want to talk to this guy. Yeah, I need to know what's going on in that guy's head, and um, and we talked to him. He is a really nice young man. I see, like, he's doing his leaving, sir. I didn't know he was doing his leaving, sir. I asked him a few weeks ago, like, uh, if we could do the interview. He's like, I can't, I'm doing my oral. Uh, so <laughs> so we managed to get a time after his oral, uh, to, but before his, his actual leaving, sir, which is coming up soon, um, if if he had time, and he took time of his day to talk to us, and we were really grateful. It was a really nice chat. He's very. It's actually, it was. I felt like it was quite an inspiring chat because we're yeah. pretty bad at watching movies. We are. And I really liked when he was like, "Well, you hear it now," where he's just like, "People don't realize they've got so much time in the day." You know. I thought we talked to him last week, and I thought about that phrase. Me too. So much. He says people don't realize how much time they have, and I keep thinking that. Like I spend so much time just going on my phone, and I could be filling every waking moment of my day with watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we will play you out with this interview with Kian Mulligan, and um, yeah, so have a nice time. And this is Kian. We are delighted to have on the pod uh, Kian Mulligan, who is probably the man who has watched the most films uh, that I have personally met. So it is an absolute honor to meet you, Kian. Uh, we are delighted to have you on the pod. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, Keen, uh, you have watched, I think I, I was looking at one of your videos that uh, you came up on TikTok once and you said you watched a uh, thousand seven hundred films in 2021. Was that it? And then a thousand five hundred films the year before. Yeah. Well, it was the 20 tw- year lockdown, 2020. Mm-hmm. I watched, I think 1,700 and then the next year I watched 1,500. Um, but it was, it just came from it was all lockdown basically i mean before that i've always loved films mm-hmm. but you can see 2019 it was whatever 300 which is still a lot yeah but it's spiked up by by a grand in over a year well yeah i suppose i guess maybe even just to start like were you always someone who was really into films were you always watching loads and loads of them or is this like sort of voracious appetite for uh watching movies a new thing well i've always been i think i i, I always love films but i never I, I used to put a title onto it. So I'd always watch a lot of films, but I didn't realize how much it actually was until I kind of got older. So when I got, when I started rating films on IMDb, I was whatever, 13, 14 when I got the app. And I had already, had, I had a thousand films rated at 13. Oh, wow. And it was the first mm-hmm. time I kind of saw like an actual figure in front of my face. I was like, I spent a lot of time watching movies when I was young. Yeah. yeah. I might have a problem. Uh. Yeah. And, and do you find that, like, are you kind of trying to beat yourself every year? Like, it, does it come naturally to you? Is it, is it a casual thing that you do? Or are you trying to put an effort into seeing more and more all the time? After lockdown, I was, I saw my figure and I was, I didn't try to beat it, but I tried to look, try to get a sim- to a similar level. And then last two years, I've kind of realized that probably wasn't the best thing to do. Mm. Um, because sometimes I'd watch a film mm. and I wouldn't be in the mood to watch a film or I'd be getting bored or 
even like I watch a film and I'll be waiting for it to be over and then I go into another film straight away and I've kind of held off doing that now because I, I didn't see the benefit in it. Do you know, do you want to know the average amount of films? Uh, this is not a very official thing, but I saw some survey they did in the UK. Do you know how many, the average amount of films a year is? I wouldn't have an yeah. idea. Any guesses, Mark? Films a year? Average, a year, tw- 20, yeah. 20, 20, 20. The about, average amount of films that people watch with streaming and everything like that and, and cinema and everything is 72. Uh, Keen, you're really? averaging you're averaging around, uh, I don't know, <laughs> nearly like 100 times that. Um, oh Mark, I actually <laughs> took the time to look at your Letterboxd and you have had the Letterboxd yeah. account for exactly one year. Uh, do you know how many films you uh-huh. watched in one year? I think I watched about 96 or something. You watched 99 films. Uh, so you are above average, which is, right. that's pretty good. That's good. I'm happy with that. I'll take that. But you can see the disparity of about uh, 1,600 films between you and Kean. And Kean, that's yeah. essentially why we have you on the podcast today. We want you to sort of teach us how to watch more films so this podcast can get better. Um, so could you give us some tips? Like, what's your approach to watching films? Um, well, as I said, lockdown helped a lot because I was at home for whatever, three months straight, and then I'd be out for another month and three months straight then after that. Um, so I just got used to sitting at home with nothing to do. And I remember I had a, I had a watch list in front of me and I just thought this is, this is the best time to clear off this watch list. And I was looking at it and I, I was still kind of at the basics of films. And I had like 300 films on watch list and I watched all of them within two and a half months, three months. Mm. Um <laughs> And it it was almost just like a like like a switch where I just just loved everything to do with them, and I'd say one big thing, and I tried to do this, and I would not recommend it, is don't don't you see seventeen hundred with me? Don't begin if you're only starting to watch a lot of films. Don't begin with don't start with trying to watch seventeen hundred films because you'll be overwhelmed within after after, after first a day or two of watching whatever four or five films a day. You just you'd be sick of them. And I tried to say so. It would help. help. Um, But I started off with one and two, and then I kind of began to go up to three a day, four Mm. a day. And mind you, this was all in lockdown. So I mean, the rest of the time in the day would just spend like whatever eating on my phone on TikTok, whatever. Mm. Um, And then after that, I just kind of become a habit to keep watching films. Um, It's like. It's kind of I don't know if it's if it's healthy, but my brain is almost programmed to like whenever I'm home, I'll have a film on. It's like yeah. unless I'm whatever doing homework or eating or doing anything else like that. And people always I don't think people realize how much time they actually have mm-hmm. because people are always swipe scrolling their phone for like an hour or two. Yeah, yeah. Or whenever they look at a film on Netflix, they look for a film for an hour and they pick something terrible. Or they spend a lot of time watching TV shows or reading or doing all this, and it adds up to a lot of time. Yeah, and mm. I'm lucky I don't have a job. I'm still in school, mm. and um, I don't have to cook my own meals or anything like that. So I do have extra time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think once once you kind of register your your brain, almost like a robot, sounds terrible. Once you once you <laughs> once you get into the habit of trying to watch a film whenever you can, mm-hmm. do that. Another thing is don't. A, a lot of people um, pick like a single director and they go through all the director in one in one day. Mm-hmm. or whatever one week and they only look at that director i i can't maybe someone can't but i can't do that it's just mm-hmm. it's too much of the same style from the same genre from the same country from the same it's too much of the same so then it kind of becomes tedious yeah well, if you actually if you look at what i'm watching yeah, yeah. 
I'd watch something from 1950 to something from 2020. I'd watch an animated film, watch an anime. I'd watch something from whatever. And I just change it every time. I think that's, um, yeah, that's something that I really like about scrolling through your letterbox and the different films that you've seen is just how indiscriminate you are with what you're watching. I think I'm very guilty. Like I'll watch usually uh, movies with my girlfriend or with roommates or whatever. And I'll spend so much time trying to find the perfect film to match the exact mood that we're all in. Yeah. I, I, that's a problem that I have. And I don't know how you get around that. If you have any advice of trying to get out of that mindset where it's like, Oh, do I feel like a crime or do I feel like maybe I just want something like fun and easy or whatever? Like, is there a way of getting around that? Well, sometimes I'd, uh, sometimes there, I look at my watch list and I'm, and I'm just thinking I need to watch a romance film. I want to watch something really cute. You know, I want the butterflies type thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Most of the time, you have an idea where you're like, okay, something light. I want to watch something that's that'll scare me. Um, but I think most of the time when you're with your family, like I, I, I spend a lot of time with my girlfriend, especially on weekends. And she picks. We have a rule. She picks every film, but the film I can't have seen it before. So it's just I get I get I get a benefit out of it. She gets to pick whatever she wants, which <laughs> is why I've seen a load of Barbie films and nearly every terrible rom-com on Netflix. Um, <laughs> like Killian. <laughs> That's me, man. That's me. <laughs> um, but, no, it's like, I, I enjoy nearly every, it'd be very rare where a film would be on and I'd turn it off because I wouldn't be in the mood for it, if you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you know, Sky Cinema, you go to the Sky Store yeah. and you just flick on a film and it'd be whatever, Spider-Man 2 would be on or maybe mm-hmm. go to Sky Greats and, I don't know, anything would be on. It'd be very rare where I'd actually, that would come up and I would change channel. It's almost like my eyes just, yeah, I just love it instantly. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't like the film just the first time, it's just the idea of watching something. And even if it's, yeah. if it's for the first time, the comfort of seeing something for the, like seeing something again. Yeah. Yeah, it's a comfort. It's a, that's great. Comfort. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Um, is it, um, what what do you kind of like yourself? Like you, you obviously watch a wide range of stuff, and I guess you're watching a lot of different things. Are there particular directors or particular films that you really like? Or it sounds like even if you did like them, you probably don't have any time to watch them again. So, well, I, I rewatch I rewatch stuff that I really like. So sometimes I'll watch something, and it could be because I've crammed too many in one day, and I wouldn't be able to properly digest it. But then over time, it's kind of aged in my head a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I would feel impulse then to boost the rating and, and watch it again to give it a proper go. And that's happened That's happened a good few times. Um, in terms of what I like, that, people who've seen a lot of films kind of tend to start going towards Tarkovsky and all that artistic stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stalker. At, and... Yeah. At heart, fundamentally, I just like cute stuff, basically. Cute stuff? Cute cute stuff? Cute stuff. Like, like what? Like what? You know, Can I you give an example? Like... I love 500 Days of Summer. Yes. Love yes. 500 Days of Summer. Oh, that's great. That's a great it's, movie. It's just, I absolutely love it. And I know it's cheesy, and I know a lot of it is not technically the best film ever. Mm. But I just have so much fun whenever I watch uh, it. That dance sequence when he's, uh, the, the morning, I think maybe he's just had sex or something like that, and he's doing that dance oh, he's buzzing. thing. Yeah. Like, that's wonderful. It's very nice. Or when she sings in the lift. And you feel yourself falling in love with her. That's a really good movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, like, are there any other... I, I, What I find really interesting is I saw you make a video once about kind of like you getting hate on your opinions. And I guess you are sort of known on 
TikTok as someone who watches a lot of films and a lot of people follow your letterbox account and stuff like that. And I suppose in film criticism and all that kind of stuff, it's usually people who are quite like uh, hyper analytical and they watch, let's say, Tarkovsky or, you know, Vim Vendors or these types of uh, films. Whereas you seem to kind of approach it more from sort of a film fan and like you actually love you know the movies you love watch sitting down and watching them uh like yeah. have you got what kind of hate have you gotten in terms of like your opinion and stuff oh well the problem with films especially is no matter what you say you'll get a comment like calling you an idiot and see, saying you didn't understand it or or anything mm. like that i mean i've made close to probably 10 videos now explaining that you know i don't i don't really view films from a technical aspect i mean obviously if a film is technically brilliant i'm more likely to like it but mm. generally if a film if a film is really good technically and i've no interest in it i'm gonna give it a low rating uh, people a lot yeah. of people don't understand that um like you know um do you know the conversation yeah francis ford coppola i love that movie i absolutely despise that movie oh really <laughs> is that the one with like it with, with the hidden microphones and stuff it's in yeah, yeah. It's in san francisco mm-hmm. great movie you hated it. I watched it and I was like, God, that's a really cool score, or that's a great idea. Or, you know, you know, the start where they're just talking and he's, just, and he, you know, and it's, I was thinking that's a really good opening. But for whatever mm. reason, just in one ear, out the other, boredom, like spider webs in my head could, like, just really? could. <laughs> it, was, it was torture. I've seen films that are seven hours long, but that, that, hour 50 whatever it is of the conversation was Gene Hackman is amazing as he's like this it's like it's one of his best performances ever that's the problem yeah. and John, John Cazal's in it and I fucking love John Cazal he's brilliant like mm. one of my favourite actors and I think he's great in it but I suppose that's the beauty of film is that everyone always has a different opinion but it's also paired with the, the beauty of film and then the kind of terror of the online space where you share mm. your opinion and uh, and people kind of get mad at you. But I was kind of interested of people kind of calling your opinion basic or something like that because like I just find that quite obnoxious when people think that maybe one film is worth more than the other in some way. I don't know if you feel yeah. that. You get, you get that a lot. Like, like nearly I, I post a video and I'd, I'd upload it thinking, okay, well, this video is safe. There's like, no matter, even if it doesn't do well, <laughs> no one could find any problem with it. But there's always some comments. You, have to, you, just, you just roll your eyes at it. Because yeah. someone, there's always some problem, some way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. You, you learn to live with it eventually. If you didn't learn to live with it, there's no point being on it. Like when you share your opinion online, you naturally, you, sh you have to expect that, especially with films. Um, mm -hmm. So... I'm typically fairly in real life. I'd be fairly sensitive, but with film, with those comments, it's just kind of like you know, Water you get ducks back, man. What are yeah. you're talking to a pro here? I, I the the comments I've gotten, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had people say I look like Johnny Depp if he was addicted to opioids. I've gotten Paul Mescal. That's not a bad one. Well, that's a compliment. That's a compliment, Keen. I take that. <laughs> oh, no, I'm buzzing over it. I'm buzzing over it, but I don't get it. <laughs> we're we're too old for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, you're doing your leave insert this year. Uh, is the mother not? Is the mother not screaming at you for watching all these movies? Are, are the family not going like, "Kian, would you get away from the fucking telly and open the books?" <laughs> well, well, start of the year, start of the year, I watched a fair bit. Last last few months of kind of, well, not this these last two weeks have been crazy, but these last few months have kind of knuckled down a bit more. Um, and I'm watching February, and I didn't watch a film for about two weeks. 
Um, or watched watched one or two. I might have watched one just to clear the head or whatever. But it was um, yeah, that was. And when you're used, to, that's another problem. Studying can be a big problem because even when I don't want to watch a film, I'll be thinking about a film that I've watched in the last few days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of I'm yeah. coming across like like a like my whole life revolves around them. It's not it's not great. You but, sound um, like you're like literally like addicted to films. Like you have like a physical dependency on watching movies. <laughs> maybe maybe this podcast is going to open my eyes to that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's far worse things you could be you could be addicted to. That's I think I, you uh, know, people yeah. who are they're doing drugs. Like if, if my drug is films, then <laughs> yeah, the yeah. And are you are yeah. you gonna do film or something like that in college? Uh no, I'm doing um I want to do communications, which is kind of okay. similar. It's radio, TV. Um, oh, very good. But uh, see, that's that's I'm not a critical film watcher. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Um, I, I'd never want to make a film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't mind writing a film, but the idea of having to, you know, get a team together, getting a cast together, having mm-hmm. to rely on so many different people to do so many different things. I'd be so stressed, and also the the pressure of it as well. I just yeah couldn't do it. It it is interesting actually when like Killian, like you were saying, how some films have more value than others. It's kind of interesting how if you study film, you kind of just have to study art film. Well, I don't know. I'm sure there's courses that exist yeah, here, but no, is there any courses in like contemporary modern? popular well, that's, cinema that's I don't... what i think is uh, that's why I, I was really refreshed by uh kian's thing is like i studied film i studied it in, in college and like you do mm. get fed a very clear you know they ha- they can't show you every film in the world right but they they do mm. give you a very clear kind of like european art films um you know they they give you a little bit of like martin scorsese or they'll give you francis ford coppola um or like old you know old films from the beginning of the cinema and george melies and all those but like mm-hmm. They tend to ignore like popular cinema, like popular cinema yeah. kind of is not there. And so that's why it's like, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's a real representation of the films that everybody's going to see, you know? Um, yeah. So that's why it's nice seeing people who like, I guess like you're, you're, you don't call yourself like a film critic, but you kind of, you're in that world, but you're not doing it in the way that you see people on radio where they're kind of giving these really like lyrical kind of yeah. and i think that's really good yeah, yeah. for sure it's, yeah well that's, it's, that's uh, what i'm trying to do i want to know what you cinema? thought of smurfs too you know i want to know that yeah uh, <laughs> yeah would you be much of a cinema man or is it purely purely at home that you'd be um well i'd go fairly i'd usually go with friends i mean i'd never be the type to just you know want to see a film and go by myself to, to mm-hmm. the cinema to do it. so if my friends want to go i'd go with them and they'd all they'd always kind of be like joking in the cinema um, uh, where yeah. they, they kind of start saying, "Oh, this is really good," and then they kind of stop halfway through and look over and say, "Keen, is this good?" Can I say that? Uh, <laughs> that okay? Yeah. okay, that's good. We watched Sonic. Sure. We watched Sonic Two in the cinema, and funnily enough, most of my friends are just kind of would watch whatever, just lighthearted stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all hated it, and I was the only person who really liked it. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> loved funny. it. Where, where where do you stand on like Marvel Marvel movies actually out of interest? Um, I think I, I like I like Marvel movies. I don't love them. I'm not like I'm not checking all the trailers, and I'm not the type of person who'd be waiting behind to see after credits roll to see the extra credit scene because I just don't mm. care enough. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a problem with with them existing. The only problem I have with them would be 
you know when you check the cinema times and if a Marvel film is out or some big franchise is out, it's nearly the whole of the time schedule is Marvel films, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. five yeah. different screens every hour of the day and they're always booked out. So I understand why they do it. But yeah. sometimes you, there's a lot of films that I want to watch in the cinema but aren't in any cinema within like an hour of me. So I can't yeah. watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Remember um, Decision to Leave in the cinema and I wanted to watch it but view who are Liffey Valley who are my local cinema yeah they didn't have it on and I remember I was checking the thing I can't some Marvel film was in it was it one of the, one of the recent ones Doctor it was, Strange and the Magic Box of Biscuits that was it it could have been Doctor Strange <laughs> and it was booked up for two weeks straight in four different screens oh, every time of the day. and it was crap that, that's where the problem was. yeah yeah it was terrible I suppose uh, that's the, uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about is this project that you're doing where you're watching a film from every country in the entire world and uh which I think is amazing because like you've done some countries like Mozambique and Madagascar and and like I, I don't know if you but like really countries that you're like do they even have a film um and then uh and you're watching them but also like how are you watching these like where are you finding them and the more sort of difficult to find films how are you finding them well you'd be surprised Netflix has some weird films on it. Um, so <laughs> Netflix, you'd be surprised how many strange films, random films Netflix have. If not, mm. my best friend's YouTube. Because YouTube is like, especially when, you know the way YouTube copyright things? Mm. Obviously, yeah. they only copyright things when there's a studio who would want to copyright it. So a lot yeah. of the indie films that are being made in those countries are available on YouTube. Next nice. next one then is subtitles, obviously. But mm-hmm. for the most part, mm. YouTube is the best friend. What's the mm. most uh, kind of bizarre film that you've seen uh, in your search of every single country's film? Um, I've had a few wild ones. My favorite, well, I, I, I loved it just because of how original it was. Oh, there's two, actually, there's two. Burundi um, had a film named uh, Amutro in Cuba. And it was basically like a Burundian karate movie. And okay. they tried to make the fighting sequences like The Matrix. So wow. people were flying and float, but like there was no budget. So it was horrendous, but it was so funny. I mean, I loved it. It was, I gave it like a four and a half out of five or something. And the second one was named Macabeffo from Madagascar, which was a Mad- Madagascar version of Macbeth. I think you learn a lot from watching films from every country as well. Not, not just like whatever language and stuff, but you learn a lot about the people who live there, what it looks like. Because obviously mm. if it's shot in Madagascar, I'm actually getting to see what Madagascar is like. Yeah. Um, so it, it was like, remember there was one scene where there was like a a group of like six, six to eight people holding hands, just circling around like a dead cow. And it's just these <laughs> very strange images, like nothing like remotely close to that is it actually in Macbeth. Yeah, it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's just the creativity that comes with it. Like you have no idea what to expect, which is one one reason, like one of the ways. Were there were there any lemurs in it? Yeah, there's no lemurs in it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sure you get asked. I, I think it's. A, I always think it's interesting, especially like watching films from other countries is is always interesting just from a cultural perspective, but especially if it's a story that you've like if if different countries different cultures do a take on the same story like something like Macbeth I think that's that can be really interesting there's there's a throne of blood it's a Kurosawa take on Macbeth as well and that's totally different again 
But uh, mm. it's cool to see all these different cultural takes. I always thought a good one was, do you know um, Internal Affairs and then The Departed? Internal Affairs. Internal Affairs. So The Departed is a remake of a film called Internal Affairs, which is a Hong Kong movie. Hong Kong. Yeah, and uh, it's just so interesting to see like some of the scenes, like the same things happen, but just the way it's shot, the music and stuff is just completely emotionally totally different and it's just interesting to see the different cultural yeah. takes of you know someone gets shot in the american one it's kind of like a badass scene of someone getting shot whereas in the hong kong one it's like kind of a bit sad like someone's just got killed and it's not really a badass thing it's kind of a sad thing yeah i know it's, i actually i watched that a while three years ago or something mm. um but i watched that after the departed obviously because i heard it was mm. the departed was a remake and i had a lot even had a lot of fun just looking at the differences between them. Yeah. Like you remember one scene and you're comparing it to the American version compared to the Hong Kong version. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember the Hong Kong version. I can't remember. There's there's like a sub there's a subplot where he was or it kind of started off, it showed how he how he got into this kind of private to be this private detective type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and him in the academy. And I can't remember what happened, but was there some some, some sort of tragedy there? And mm-hmm. It was like in the Hong Kong version, they made it as like tragic and as emotional as possible. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the departed almost glossed over that whole storyline as if it just didn't matter. And they got back to the yeah. violence and whatever else. All action. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all yeah. action, baby. And but where are you uh, in the, in, in, uh, first of all, I don't even know how many countries are there in the world. I don't actually know. Do you know? There's a hundred and, well, there's 195. One of them's the Vatican. Okay. And that's the only country I can't do. Okay. okay. <laughs> and then, and and so, how far are you on 195? It's 100, 140, 130, no, 150. Oh something. wow! Damn. Okay. Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, yeah. and have you you use a random generator? But uh, uh do you know what you're uh like going to choose for Ireland or America, or have you already done those and are, are they off the list? The ones, the countries I've already seen a film from, I'm not counting because otherwise, you know, I don't want to make it this big, two hundred long part yeah thing mm-hmm. i think that the episodes themselves i mean i'll enjoy making them but you can only mm-hmm. do so much when you say okay i'm gonna spin the wheel and watch this this from this country this is what i've picked yeah. since i just love them because it's like the, the it's just like i when you did the madagascar one and it was Macbeth in madagascar i was like i am so happy knowing that that exists and like seeing <laughs> the joy that you had watching it you were like this is mad but it was brilliant i just love the the joy you have from just watching a film i think it's really really organic and nice mm. yeah well uh, that's what i that's that's what I, that's why i try not to overanalyze stuff because i feel like once you do that you begin to see the bad sides once you, once you start trying to see the bad things it takes a lot of the enjoyment out of it whereas mm-hmm. if as if you're almost just blindly looking at all the good stuff i mean you're not looking at it from any critical angle but it means you enjoy nearly everything you see mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah and that's yeah. that's that's the main thing it is, sure. yeah. I just interested to know: Is there anything on the way coming out that you're particularly excited about or keen to see? On the this year, well, I love David Fincher, so the killers, the killers, big. Um, mm-hmm. I that's no, I don't like watching trailers at all. Okay, I hate okay. Trailers, so I've no idea. I'm with you on that. Yeah, what that's like. Um, but if it's a David Fincher film, it has Michael Fassbender in. I'm looking forward to that. Um. Mm. Yeah, there's not not loads coming out this year. Uh, last year, I was really looking forward to Martin McDonough's new film, which is obviously brilliant. Um, Park mm. Chan-wook's new film, which is obviously brilliant. Um, few other stuff that came from like my favorite directors that came out last year, but this year's not as yeah 
not as fruitful for and could you give us uh your your so your favorite film from uh the the at the moment maybe like your favorite film at the moment because i know you have a rolling kind of system or whatever and then uh, maybe your least favorite film that you've seen in the in the world uh, the world one where you're watching a film from every part of the world favorite for the world um well my favorite is a film named corn island and that has caused speak of tiktok on us that's caused a lot of a lot of um controversy because um corn island is in georgian but i counted it as as my film from kazakhstan mm-hmm. so oh because it was produced by Kazakh Film Studios, which are registered as being from Kazakhstan. So I figured, okay, well, that's you know pretty black and white then, isn't it? Mm, so yeah. put that on, um, loved it. And obviously, since I loved it, I was saying, Kazakhs, what a great film from Kazakhstan. I love this film. Mm. Of course, there was comments saying, uh, that's actually a Georgian film. Yeah, that, you should give the credit to Georgia. You should watch a different okay. film from Kazakhstan. Oh, God. Um, yeah. There's like geopolitics involved. You better not be starting any wars here, Kean. Yeah, yeah. I might. You know, at the end of that, that's one that's one video I'm planning. It's gonna take ages. But um at the end of my whole film for every country thing, I'm going to make a ranking of every country in the world based on my favorite film from that country. Mm. Um that could start a war. That could yeah. Very- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and Kean's official worst country in the world is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you, are you do you are you prepared to give a a country at the moment for what's the worst film? Uh, or have you got one yet? Well, it's I think it's Burundi. No, is it Burundi? It's Bhutan, Bhutan, I think. Bhutan. Bhutan. Mm. Bhutan. Okay, yeah, hard luck, Bhutan. Luckily, I don't think we have many listeners in Bhutan, so we're I think we're safe with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm conscious of you having uh, having an, a sunny evening to hang out in and maybe some films to watch. Uh, but yeah. we really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's very, very nice to meet you. We we are genuine fans of just your sheer ability to watch films and your joy at watching them. It's very inspiring. Um, yeah. So thanks very much. Uh, Mark, yeah, you, thanks, Keen. Uh, really, really like chatting to you. Yeah, no worries. Thanks. We'll be back anytime. Really appreciate it. So uh, you should uh, follow Keen on Letterboxd. I think it's just Keen Film or it's Keen Mulligan on Letterboxd, is it? And then Keen Film on TikTok. I really recommend watching it. You'll find an array of films that you've just never even thought to look at. Uh, so it's really a really, really good thing to do. Um, but thanks for, for chatting to us, Keen. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was the interview with Keen. That was our interview. Thank you very Kian. much, Keen. Appreciated it. Very yeah. interesting, inspiring. Killy and I are going to work hard on trying to watch just even a basic amount of films. I really, my favorite bit of the interview is when uh, Keen was talking about a period where he hadn't watched films for about two weeks and we were like and he was like i haven't watched films for about maybe two weeks or something like that and then he went well maybe one or two just to you know you know uh, he's like just to clear, clear my head, head. yeah just to clear, clear my head and i was like wow like that's this just guy, such a he likes some people the go movies. for walks to clear their head some people go for runs or jogs yeah he watches a movie he just gets an old two and a half hour long flick on he's the maestro he's the king of what he does yeah anyway uh that's the end of the episode thank you so much for listening and um, at I would say at MK Ultrafilm, at Popcorn Boys with a Z, at G, at Instagram.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's it. You're killing it. Thanks. Okay. Cheers. Cheers.